Welcome to 3 Minute Warning, a Canadian Football League podcast. My name is Bill Beer, at PigskinPunk13 on Twitter. And joining me as always, Dallas Bergen, at CFL Fans Toronto. And if you're just joining us for the first time, a newer American football fan, that's myself, and a veteran Canadian football fan, that's Dallas. And all the games are available in the United States on ESPN Plus and TSN in Canada. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of 3 Moment Morning. How's it going, Dallas? Hey, Bill. Sorry. Uh, yeah, doing great. I just, we had a great time at the first of the two CNE, the Canadian National Exhibition Games in Toronto, even though there was a disappointing loss. Uh, I got to enjoy the game with my daughter, took in some rides beforehand, lots of good food. But what what's on my mind this week is the CFL quarterbacks. When do you when do you pull or bench your starting quarterback, the guy who's earned the job out of training camp or even had it handed to him before? We see Dave Dickinson um, has pulled Bo Levi Mitchell in that game in Toronto and is going to start Jake Mayer this week. Uh, Craig Dickinson in Saskatchewan pulled Cody Fajardo, but is going to stick with him this week in BC. And we haven't confirmed who will start under center for the Toronto Argonauts, but Toronto fans are getting restless with the play of McLeod Bethel-Thompson, with many calling for Chad Kelly. So certainly an interesting week for quarterbacks in the CFL situations, even in Ottawa and Hamilton, are are interesting and up in the air for this week as well. So lots to lots to think about. And and then we had the the crushing news, uh, the injury to Nathan Rourke, the you know all Canadian phenom rookie quarterback who's just been lighting up the league. And I think I think no matter which team you cheer for in the CFL, this was a heartbreaking injury to see. So what's your take on any of that? Whether it's Nathan Rourke or starts this yeah the the nathan rourke thing that's that's awful he was he was lighting it up i mean they were even talking about you know him in the 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 next year getting all these opportunities in the nfl whether that would happen or not um crushing loss for the cfl it's it's not just a loss for bc it's a loss for the cfl because he was so electric and fun to watch um, and hopefully he heals up and comes back soon. And he's pretty young. I believe he's 24. So hopefully he heals up and he's back and uh, better than ever. Some of the other situations, I know I might have a different take than some people and all these quarterback changes. The Bo Le- Levi Mitchell change had to be done because he's just been struggling the last two years. And I've only watched for two years. I've not seen this Bo Levi Mitchell that everybody talks about how great he is and everything. I haven't seen it. So I've seen the Bo Levi Mitchell that we have today, and he just hasn't been great. So the Jake Meyer thing, um, I look forward to that change because uh, that needed to be done. Some of the other uh, changes or non-changes, you know, Cody Fajaro has looked terrible and... and, uh, you know, uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson hasn't looked that great either, but they have some of the worst offensive lines in the league. I don't know who you could put back there to be successful, and Cody has looked downright awful this past week, but they're not. that's not an offensive line that you can have be successful. And I know they brought the other guy in fine, and, and he looked a little better, but I don't know what the answer is for those two teams. Yeah, two really similar teams, too, with similar woes, I think. Um, you know, pretty strong defenses, particularly up front, and um, lots of woes on the offensive line. Much of it due to injury, but even when those offensive lines have been healthy, they have struggled this year. And, you know, is it a matter of hanging on to the ball too long, or guys just aren't skilled enough to uh, to play? You know, we saw McLeod Bethel-Thompson fumble the ball and anytime you fumble that's entirely on you but yeah. on that on that play he didn't have two and a half seconds to find a receiver um the call by calgary matched up really well on that play with you know all the seat receivers blanketed but at the same time you saw miscommunication on the offensive line and between blockers aj Olette, um and it was just yeah it was just an awful way to lose a game 
And then with Saskatchewan, you saw them make some changes on the offensive line, partly due to injury, but also a return from injury with, with Andrew Lauderdale coming back and starting at tackle, which he did much of the 21 season. And then finally, uh, the Riders had moved on from the Ty Rogers at right tackle and, you know, made some changes there. But even still, it was still still the same results. And, and Cody Fajardo also not keeping his eyes downfield. Um, taken off to run too quickly and just struggling. So yeah, these these two teams are in are in a rough spot. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the Ottawa Red Blacks, who only have one win, they're gonna. I'm pretty sure they're gonna make a change from Caleb Evans this week, and I can't blame them. I mean, Caleb Evans for I don't know several games there, he looked pretty good, but the last two games he's just looked awful. 111 yards passing and we're gonna we're gonna get into that game but um nick arbuckle they're probably going to this week i don't know if that's gonna make a difference i don't i don't know they need to start winning now to save la police's job i believe yeah i think we're both a little surprised that he's held on to it but Certainly, they're going to have to do something. I think they've been wanting to stick with Caleb Evans because they see enough. You know, he's really yeah. young. And I mean, he's been terrible at times, but he's also shown some flashes of, you know, verging on brilliance. He's a really versatile, talented quarterback. And and this is a guy who could be their quarterback for years to come if he could grow a little bit. But I think also what we're seeing is a is a CFL quarterback who was pressed into a starting role too soon. And it might be, you know, it might be a word of caution to Toronto Argonauts fans who are wanting to see Chad Kelly so badly. And you have the other fans responding and saying, wait a minute. I mean, this this guy might be great. But in the CFL, nobody comes in and starts their first year and lights up the league. It doesn't happen. So... Unless you're Nathan Rourke. I don't know. Well, Unless just, you're Nathan Rourke, yeah, it's true. It's but even he year. had opportunity to back up, to learn from one of the you know best quarterbacks yep. of the last decade and Michael Riley. And Caleb Evans certainly hasn't had that opportunity. So, yeah, I don't know. I it's a, it's a tricky situation for, well, for all these clubs. Ottawa needs to win. They need to figure out who their quarterback is going forward. Um, and, you know, Toronto, it's, we talked about it last week, but such a, precarious place to be in when they are they're in first and yet they're maybe not getting the kind of play that you have the faith in to lead you into the postseason and there's a guy who's becoming really popular for just running short yardage um but the fans are really starting to call for it so that's fascinating stuff and and with hamilton too you've got dane evans i'm not sure if he could have played last week but he did practice and this week he has practiced in full today. So we will see what Orlando Steinar decides uh, to do there as well. So this is an interesting time for quarterbacks. Oh, and um, never want to see anybody get opportunity because of injury. And of course, we've talked about how devastating Nathan Rourke's injury is. But we're going to see another Canadian quarterback, Ontario Rays, Toronto Argonauts draft pick, uh, who's been with the Stampeders and now BC. And he's going to get a start this week with that tremendous core of receivers and the great team that is the BC Lions. So I think that could be really exciting to see Michael O'Connor get his first really legitimate shot. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 and they got, they got a core receivers there. For sure. And the defense has been playing good. The running game has been good. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But uh, you want to head to our first game here? Let's do it. Okay. Your first game was, uh, it was an early Friday game and it was the Edmonton Elks. They headed to the Ottawa Red, Red, Red <laughs> the Ottawa Red Black and this game started out, and it looked like Ottawa was gonna gonna take this. You know, Caleb Evans was running around, scoring a, a longer touchdown with his legs, and then coming out in the second half, Edmonton just took over and just blew them out of the water. And and it, I don't know if this was really expected. I didn't expect this, but you have Kenny Lawler has been solid all year. You know. Taylor Cornelius had a 
okay outing. I mean, 208 yards. He he has been using his legs pretty well this year. Um, no interceptions, so no mistakes there. And we were talking uh, just here a few minutes ago about Caleb Evans to Nick Arbuckle. I mean, what is going on in there in Ottawa? And I know they they got a great fan base in Ottawa, and they they show up to these games. And I just don't know what the future holds at least this year they have some decent receivers i mean their defense hasn't been playing bad what's the answer here in ottawa oh boy yeah i i mean they're they're bad (laughs) they've been bad all year long early in the year i actually thought that they were going to be all right i really believe that sean burke coming over from hamilton and um kind of recruiting rebuilding some of the personnel on that team, which I thought was a big part of their problem in 21, that they were going to be able to turn things around. But, uh, you know, honestly, I think I think the injury to Jeremiah Masoli tanked their season because Caleb Evans has potential, but he's not ready, you know. And I I mean, that's that's a really devastating injury, particularly how it happened to. I mean, let's not op- reopen that one, but uh, I feel feel bad for the Red Blacks, and I'm not sure Paul Lapolis is going to be able to hang on to his job unless they can turn things around this week with a win. But it's tough times there. Yeah, definitely. And uh, uh, they even lost their uh, running back, so they had Devontae Williams starting this week, but a 2.9 average run in the ball. That's not going to get it done in, in this league. I mean, I don't know. Arbuckle, they go into Edmonton this week. I I just don't know what what's gonna happen. But they almost have like twenty thousand in attendance. So for a team that's what one and eight, that's uh that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That they they have the faithful fans there. I don't know what the answer is. It it looks like personally, it looks like a team that's on the rise and a team that is going and they're going in opposite directions at least that's what i'm seeing in the last few weeks you know edmonton has has come up with a few wins here and, and this was i i picked ottawa this week i, I never expected and edmonton to have this kind of showing yeah they're definitely getting better and anytime you hold the team to 12 points even a bad one that's a heck of an accomplishment and I think credit is due to Chris Jones as well for obviously making some adjustments at the half to allow his team to go out and hold Ottawa off the scoreboard in that second half. Um, it's it's an uphill climb and it's long and slow for the Edmonton Elks, but mm-hmm. I think it's starting to come together. Taylor Cornelius is looking better, putting together wins, learning to use his legs, and he's getting Darrell Walker into into the game as well. Uh, sad news in Edmonton with uh, with Manny Arsenault going down to injury at a time when he had really cemented himself as a number two receiver, becoming pretty a pretty reliable target for Taylor Cornelius. But Darrell Walker with his first touchdown in an eternity. I mean, this was a guy who was a dominant receiver in this league and has just been terrible for, you know, more than a year. Um, but really important to get him in there because you can't throw to Kenny Lawler 15 times in a game, or maybe you can. Well, you but can, but you're not. <laughs> yeah, I guess it shows you're not going to win very many games, even if he's racking up over 100 yards. TVs. Right. Cornelius had a decent day, going 16 to 27 for 208, two touchdowns, and even more important than any of that is zero interceptions. So that's big. Oh um, yeah. And a shout out to Lorenzo Malden of the Red Blacks. You know, he got his eighth sack of the season. So their defense has quietly been solid for the most part. But when your offense can't uh, get those two and outs, it, it, it's tough. It makes it real. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I mean, the Red Blacks had a really rough outing with the kicking game. Yes. As well, with Ward missing from 40 and then again from 47. You know, those. Those two missed field goals really hurt them. And uh, are those the head coach's fault? Like, Not necessarily. I, don't know. Yeah, I guess I by mean, the margin they lost by, I mean, maybe it didn't make a difference. But, uh, you know, the second half may have gone differently had, had those I, kicks gone through. I really have a hard time, you know, when you're depending on a quarterback who's like 
the captain of your offense, basically. He goes down, and that was who you were building your team around. I really have a hard time. Yes, you need to, to whatever the cards are dealt, you have to deal with what you have. But I really have a hard time blaming uh, coaching too much when you have an injury that's so devastating like that. But I know that's who's going to get the blame. The head coach always gets the blame and that sort of thing. But but it's a tough, it was a tough injury because he was, I think they were really were going to make some strides this year with Jeremiah Masoli. I agree. I agree. Well, let's take it to BC where we had... BC, or sorry, take it to Saskatchewan, where BC came in and thumped the Riders 28 to 10. Uh, first off, as mentioned, that injury to, to Nathan Rourke was just sad to see him go down with a high ankle sprain. Uh, will require surgery and is likely done for the year. Some say he could return towards the very end of the season and maybe get some play time. Although you bet Nathan Rourke and his doctors are going to be very careful because his next opportunity to step on a field might be at NFL tryouts or training camp. And so I'm sure I'm not, yeah, I don't, I don't think he rushes back if he's not a hundred percent because of the opportunities that lie ahead, but right. We wish him well in his, in his recovery. Absolutely. Um, and on the rider's side, uh, I said, I didn't have much confidence going into this game and apparently i'm not the only rider guy who's a little short on confidence right now talk of the town in regina and around the cfl is is around cody fajardo with his own admission and his coaches too that he's just not feeling very confident and how could you given given his play of late at the time he was pulled from the game with a few minutes left in the first half he had 43 yards passing Mason Fine threw a 45-yard pass with his first completion and had already surpassed Fajardo's production in that first half. So tough times there. Um, but with that change, first off, I will say, and I will give credit to head coach Craig Dickinson for putting Mason Fine in with those few minutes before the half rather than at the half. If you pull Cody Fajardo, who by his own admission, and many of us know who is sensitive and Rider Nation is a brutal place to play. But if you pull him at the half, you are basically punishing him for poor performance. But if you put Mason Fine in with a series to go before the half, you're giving him an opportunity to earn the start coming back out in the second half. So it's a reward to him. And if he doesn't move the ball, you go back to Cody even before the half is over and Cody Fajardo comes out the second half. There's no loss of face. Your number one is still your guy. And so even though Mason Fine did uh, generate some some yardage and uh, look good in the second half, going 16 to 26 for 210, I think it did save face for, for Cody Fajardo. It raised a big question for who's going to start this week, although Craig's made that decision to, uh, to stick with Cody Fajardo after that poor outing. But uh, I like that call. I like that call by Craig Dickinson. Yeah, and that's a good point you made there about, you know, bringing him in that last drive. I didn't really think about that, but that's that's a smart decision because, you know, you go into the halftime and, you know, if uh, Mason Fon doesn't do anything, he's like a two and out or whatever, then it's probably not much of a decision. But, but yeah, he earned a right to start in the second half. And Cody, the thing that I see about him, he seems like a real decent guy. Um I know I know he's had it rough the last two seasons in different instances, but that offensive line is not helping. And I what I see a lot is him cringing when when, you know, uh players, defensive players get close and he just goes down and and I know that has to do a lot to do with confidence and, and that sort of thing. But um I don't I don't know if if this week you know, is a comp. I I can't see that this is a confidence booster. Just him starting this week. I I have a feeling we could uh, expect another hook, especially if he struggles again. It would not surprise me at all. But um, it'll be interesting. And, and on the other side of the ball, you have Michael Connor getting a start, and uh, for Nathan Rourke and. I, I look forward to see what he can do with those receivers. Heck, I'd like to see what I could do with those receivers. 
I bet you'd look pretty good. All right. <laughs> Seriously. And I'm only 5'8". I think, <laughs> I, I think, I mean, they just have amazing, all five guys are amazing. Um, so it'll be very interesting. Uh, Duke Williams is going to be out this week. Um, Shaq Evans, I saw where he was possibly coming back this week, but he's a no-go. So they're going to be hurting on receivers as far as you know, Saskatchewan goes. I I don't know. It's NBC. I, I don't know what to... I have no idea what we're going to get from either team, actually. It should be interesting. That's for sure. Yeah, it's true. Well, the pressure is sure going to be on Cody Fajardo. Oh, um, yes. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders, for sure. But yeah, and we and we saw Justin McInnes have a breakout game with Mason Fine having incredible mm-hmm. chemistry with him. You know, this is always fun when you get a number two quarterback and Mason Fine is a guy who was number three last year. Often these guys have chemistry with completely different receivers than right. top quarterbacks because they spend time running the scout team, the opposition offense in you know in practice and passing to the receivers kind of further down the depth chart. And to see Justin McInnes have six catches for 111 yards and TD, a you know, a big 57 yarder. That was really exciting and great to see because he's been maybe not a disappointment, but um, you know, he hasn't been like the draft pick that Keon Schaefer Baker has been. And there was high hopes. I mean, I think um, I think McKinnis was drafted eighth overall at the end of the first round. So to see him kind of break out was great. And He's out this week. So uh, another sad turn of events in that receiving core for the Riders. And you're right. I, I don't think Shaq Evans is back this week. Kyren Moore, I think, will be based on what, I'm, what I've seen out of practice and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But that's to be determined. But they are they are banged up, uh, too. Yeah, absolutely. So. But yeah, I can't wait to, to, to see Michael O'Connor. So this game is exciting both for the, for the opportunity given to him. And the pressure on Cody Fajardo and how he responds or the second opportunity for Mason Fine, which I mean, this could be a pivotal, this could be a pivotal game for the future of quarterbacking in Saskatchewan, I think. You could be right. Uh, definitely right. It should be interesting to see that. So as we get into our first Saturday game, it was the Hamilton Tiger Cats at the Montreal Alouettes. And what an exciting you know, back and forth kind of game, and uh, Montreal ends up winning it on a last second field goal. Don't don't change the channel. It is the CFL. Anything could happen in the last three minutes. And uh, Trevor Harris, who had struggled off and on, even when they beat Winnipeg the week before, he didn't look terrific. Well, he was pretty fantastic this week. He had 382 yards passing. Three touchdowns, did have an interception, 77.4 completion percentage. You know, Eugene Lewis was back at his best, 10 targets, 7 receptions, 99 yards, and a touchdown. Reggie White had a touchdown. Kayon Julian Grant had a touchdown. Uh, They just, they, they held, you know, Hamilton. Hamilton didn't look bad either because Matt Matt Schiltz was through three yards, two touchdowns. Tim White had a great game. I believe it was his career yardage game. 11 receptions, 145, and two touchdowns. And it's just, they didn't have enough. You know, uh, Montreal came back there. And, um, you know, David Quixote had been struggling a little bit this year. He missed that field goal uh, um, to win it there in um, Toronto earlier in the season. And, and uh, he made a 48-yarder to win the game, and you know it was a good win. And and they're right there in the the East, the Montreal Alouettes, and uh, they're right on the back door. So, what was your take on this game? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad you had lots to say. Admittedly, I didn't see this one because it was the first game of the doubleheader with the Argos game, but I right. did watch the highlights. A uh-huh. um, couple things I, I picked up on. First of all, a great crowd in Montreal. Oh There's, yeah. There's a buzz and an excitement there and and nothing like a last minute field goal for the win to to get people to come back out for the games. And yeah, credit to David Cote for hitting a pretty long, you know, 48 yarder for the win. That's a great way to end a game. Uh, yeah, Gino Lewis and Reggie White both kind of sharing the 
you know, the receiving duties um, with a pretty decent game for Reggie White, talking about Reggie White and Tim White. I never I never know where to pick whether to pick them in fantasy because it seems like they can have a really great day or a real dud of a day. And uh, so Reggie White's strung together a few pretty good games. He had 81 yards in this one. And who would have predicted Tim White just busted out this week? Uh, I wouldn't have, and I've I've had some bad games where I where I took Tim White, but right, what, a, what an outing for him. Holy. Yeah, it was, it was, and I don't know, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, they've been losing some games this year, but they haven't looked totally awful, especially on offense, and yes, they do have a lot of injuries and that sort of thing, but the running game has done better over late, ever since the Toronto game, you know, Don Jackson has done pretty decent, especially, they didn't really... They, they, he didn't have a ton of yardage in receptions this week. He had four for 21 yards, but they've been using him more in the passing game. And, you know, they have a decision this week. If Dane Evans is healthy, do they go back to Dane Evans? I mean, Matt, Matt Schiltz has, has won one game, lost another, and then they lost another where he only played, uh, he played sparingly, came in, in and out. But, I don't know. What, what, what's your thought? Who should start this week for Hamilton? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, Matt Schiltz had a great game. You know, he, he's 27 to 39 for 303, two touchdowns, no interceptions. That's exactly what you want from your starting quarterback. And yeah, I imagine Rolando Steinauer is loyal to his starting number one quarterback in Dane Evans, and you don't lose your job to injury. I think Matt Schiltz probably needed to come away from this game with a win in addition to his strong outing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I imagine if, if, I mean, Dane Evans practiced in full today, and if he does again tomorrow, I would guess that he's the starter. As to whether that's the right call, I'm not sure. I've really, really liked watching Matt Schiltz in the recent weeks, and uh, I think he's... You know, he's the kind of quarterback that has a bright future and could maybe be a starter in this league. Uh, really exciting, seem to, seems to have his game together. But I, I imagine we'll see Dane Evans, but like many of these starting quarterbacks, maybe it's a pretty short leash, and if he's not able to move the ball, then perhaps we'll see a change. Yeah, absolutely. You're you're probably right in the, the way that they need to win and start winning soon because uh their record is not that gr- i mean and they're really not that far behind in the east given how weak toronto's record is but but yeah it's it, certainly a good race in the east right uh just before we leave this game i want to ask you one question and again i didn't see it but i read and watched the highlights now really early in the game not even 10 minutes hamilton gambled on third down from the seven yard line and turn the ball over on downs. Um, maybe a significant play in this game, having it be won by a point by the opposition. Mm-hmm. How did you like that call at that time? They, I don't uh, have a problem with that. Oh, yeah, no problem. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure if you even saw it, but I just, because I read yeah, about yeah, yeah. it, I thought, to me, that's too early in the game not to take the points. You know, it's not like they're on the three-yard line, maybe the four. They were on the seven. And I think particularly because if you're Hamilton, you should believe that you could beat yeah. Montreal in a straight-up game. And so I think like nine minutes in, you just you, you swallow your pride and take the short field goal. And, and, and I think that was the opening opportunity oh no maybe there were points on the board but anyway i really don't you take you take three points i really don't have a problem with that because you know you're on the road you're trying to take advantage of your field position take the crowd out of it yeah so i don't really have a major problem with that so so yeah no that's cool it's a gutsy call Mm -hmm. i mean we always like when coaches make the gutsy call and um you know and often we'll see them pull through and make it happen. But uh, that one just raised my eyebrows, particularly seeing the end result. And of course, this was all in hindsight as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's talk about this Calgary-Toronto contest. So it was Calgary Stampeders 22 at the Toronto Argonauts 19. Uh, First of all, I was disappointed because I lost some money on my four-game parlay. The spread was Calgary by two and a half. And I had Toronto and I had 
the the other games went my way so that was that was disappointing all on its own uh, but certainly the Toronto loss and the way that that it ended was tough as well I'll start off by saying that I had such a good time at this game though you know we we're sitting behind the Stampeders bench um, mm-hmm. with both Argos fans and Ryder fans. And, you know, Ryder fans were having a blast heckling the Stampeders. Um, and then, you know, Argonauts have a lead at the half. And then something really exciting for us, I think anyone with CFL, but for Ryder fans, for sure. We had the uh, Regina Radio 620 CKRM Ryder radio host, Daniela Ponticelli, join our halftime meetup. She ran up from, uh, she sent me a photo, photo from the TSN truck. So she was making connections and meeting way more important people than, than us humble rider fans who call into the postgame show that she hosts. But she she ran up and joined us for our rider fa- uh, CFL Fans Toronto kind of meetup on the South Concourse. And uh, I mean, we had a great chat, which was great. But also during that chat, because we stayed there talking well into the fourth quarter, we watched the game together in great conversation slip away from the Argos, just play to play first with the interception return from Meili Buka and, um, and then, you know, just things coming undone from there with Jake Mayer coming into the game and turning things around after Bo Levi struggled a little bit. Um, so anyway, it was an exciting night, but I'm interested in your thoughts and I'll throw some more in, but uh, tell me, first of all, you said last week, Sean Bain would be a great pick. Uh, Sean Bain had four catches for 129 yards, so he totally nailed it. We're gonna we're gonna clip that from last week's show. <laughs> I I did because you know they've had some injuries at receiver, and I really thought, and well, if you take away that the 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 long catch he had at the beginning, he had 76 yard catch, and it might not have been as great, but you know, um, they did struggle on offense. The um, Calgary, you know, with Bo Levi Mitchell in the first half, and and they've been struggling for a while in their passing, and and you know the thing that Toronto hasn't done this year, they haven't taken advantage with touchdowns. They haven't taken advantage when they've had a good half, and this was a pretty good half for them, and they just could not convert those touchdowns, and. You know, I've I listened to a lot of X's and Argos podcast and and uh, their takes on how how you know they're breaking down the quarterback play and the receiver play, offensive line play, and all that stuff. And it's like they have figured out the Argos. If you go man to man with the, these receivers, they can't get open, and and that's a problem in the red zone. And I don't know, they don't have one guy. And you would think, you know, Deveris Daniels would be their guy, Curly Gittens Jr. possibly. But, you know, Daniels even struggled. He had a big drop in this game that would have been a first down. I don't know what the answer is. They they just, I don't know. They, they started new receivers in this game. Uh, Moved them around a bit, too. Yeah, yeah. Not even, they're not on the same page, you know. Coxie had a... At a play where he didn't run out and could have possibly been a long touchdown or at least a long play. I did like to see Javon Leak come back in a return role. I think the returns had a little bit more pop. They might not have, you know, produced that much more, but you could tell that um, they had a little bit of pop with him back in that role. And I really liked A.J. Olette in this game. You know, they, they couldn't run the ball too much, but his receiving, he was giving some punishment. I'm sure at the game you could really see uh, him just delving out this punishment. And and um, I don't know what they answer. People are calling for Chad Kelly to replace it. I can tell you this much. It's not going to change the result because that offensive line is playing so poorly I can't imagine, you know, a first-year player coming in with a offensive line playing this poorly, and he's going to change around some things. I just, I just can't see that at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I can see it either. And I'm starting to feel like I'm ready. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, oh, it was just another loss that was so disappointing. And again, yeah, shout out to Texas and Argos who 
it offers such a great show. And what I love is, is the analysis and the football education that I get. So, you know, that play, uh, Calgary was in cover zero. So yes, man to man, no safety guys up a line, you know, it's uh, third down. And obviously McLeod Bethel Thompson was kind of looking for a hard or a short route to the receivers when kind of everything came undone. You know, it's not his fault if two guys miscommunicate on their block or even if a guy runs the wrong route or whatever else. But, you know, the ball got popped loose. This is this is your opportunity to drive and win the game. Um, and this coming after a decision, a, a conservative, wow, I'm really backing the conservative coaching decisions this week. But a lot of fans are really upset with Ryan Dinwiddie for punting with two minutes and 33 seconds on the clock, down three points. And I think at that point of the game, we had a great chat in the stands about it. I, I think that was totally the right call. And the fact that the Argos got the ball back in just over a minute after that, I think supports that. I The special teams did their job and the defense did their job getting the ball back. And the offense didn't do theirs. They turned the ball over on first down when they needed to drive not very far for a tying field goal and they had enough time on the clock for the win so you know it's another game where this offense led by mcleod bethel thompson and fizzled couldn't score when it mattered i'm i'm tired of it you know i mean i've been the one saying you you got to stick with him because you made that decision in camp and chad kelly isn't ready and yet i think i might make that switch this team needs a spark I can understand that. I can understand that. Uh, just, you know, it starts up front, and I don't know. I mean, it, it couldn't get any worse, right? Is that well, yeah, isn't that a reason for change, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, and I don't know, Dejon Allen will be back this week. That might help. Oh, but I mean, these are games, you know, and again, this is another home game, close game at home. You gotta, you gotta win the game. <laughs> You gotta try for the win in front of your fans when you're trying to build up a crowd, and it's the CNE crowd where a lot of people bought a ticket to the game because they got free admission to the CNE because it's been that way in Toronto for decades and decades. To have that go down to the wire and have Toronto kick a winning field goal or whatever, score a winning touchdown, that would have been awesome. Instead, people left deflated again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and now we've got the the huge matchup with the rival Tie Cats, and again. CNE game closing out the Canadian National Exhibition. Well, there'll be lots of Hamilton fans. There'll be lots of part-time or not even Argos or CFL fans there. This team needs to do something exciting. And so if you're going to start McLeod Bethel Thompson, this offense better be exciting. Or I think you make that change and maybe it's too soon. But hey, we've got to we've got to see what we've got in Chad Kelly because it, it's these fourth quarters have been a disappointment. It doesn't Ryan Dinwiddie doesn't doesn't he need to do something here? We're we're not seeing anything. We're not seeing any decisions. We're seeing I don't know very conservative play calling in my opinion. Um, no chances are being taken. We need to do something. I mean, if they keep losing, they're gonna be outside looking in pretty soon. Yeah, very much. And they haven't addressed you know some of the issues. I mean, there's been some improvement on special teams, but. Not really. You know, I just, no, no offense to a guy like Javon, but this team needs a return threat, a legitimate, yeah. elusive, breakneck speed return threat, right? That Chad Owens, a, a Marcus Thigpen, a Dominic Dorsey, a, like Devontae Deadman, like one of these guys that are totally elusive with breakneck speed. Now you can have guys like Leak and Curly Gittens Jr. return kickoffs. Returning kickoffs is different than returning punts. You've got lots of time and space to accelerate. You've got lots of time with vision to set up your run. And so sometimes a bigger body who can get moving works well on kickoffs. But punt returners, I mean, all the great ones are small and quick. It's it's just how it is. The Argos don't have a guy like that. Like, yeah, that's ah, true. That's you know? true. And so where is he? No, I don't and, know. You know. He's probably not on the roster. Yeah, I don't think so. And I mean, I don't want to judge a guy just by his body type. But I mean, uh -huh. I thought Jeremiah Haydel might be that guy. 
uh-huh. you know, supposedly a return specialist, but he is also six feet tall. That's not that's not the Brandon Banks, the Chris Williams, the you know these little guys that can make the first two three guys miss, and by that time they're so darn fast that they're on the way to the end zone. We don't have that guy. Right. It's hurting this team. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is this year, at least. And the Argonauts have lost Jagard Davis to the six-game injured list. That's rough. Although, there was a discussion about receivers, and if you start Robbie Smith at defensive end, who's been playing outstandingly and Mm -hmm. is probably deserving to step into that spot by Jagard Davis, then you can, if they're healthy and they're not yet, you can start four American receivers in that receiving core. Now, that's no... I have to... You know, be careful. That's no disrespect to the Canadian depth, that receiver that the Argonauts have, but the the American talent that they have. I mean, there are so many guys. I mean, Cam Cam Phillips is hurt, but he has proven himself as a starter in this league. Right. Um, Daniels and and Ambles and I mean Rogers is hurt as well. But I mean, these guys can can all play. So I would probably prefer to see if the ratio supports it to see them try and try and maybe roll with four imports with this injury to Jagar Davis. Although with Dejan Allen coming back, they may not be able to do that anyway. So then looks like it would be Gittens and, and Breskison, who is outstanding. It's been a while, unfortunately, because of injuries, but uh, he's been a, a proven starter in this league. So maybe that's fine. Sorry, I'm just talking. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. It'll, it, yeah, there's a lot of decisions to be made. A lot of and in their game coming up, there's a lot of interesting decisions on both sides of the ball here coming up. So we will see. Yeah, kind of feels like we covered most of our previews in our reviews. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, but looking, but looking to this week, uh, we have a Thursday game again. We won't have to wait so long. So we have Calgary at Winnipeg. Followed by doubleheader, Hamilton at Toronto and Saskatchewan at BC. Oh gosh, I'm gonna have to hurry home and miss the first. I hate it when that. <laughs> you better uh, then... ride that. You better ride that bike quick. Yeah. Then we've got Ottawa at Edmonton on Saturday. So um, just, just quickly, any comments maybe that we haven't covered uh, as we preview these will, games? Will we get the first win in Ottawa since 2019? In not Edmonton. Ottawa, Edmonton. Yes, yes Edmonton. Yes. That is their opportunity yep. and a good one playing playing against Ottawa yeah. to get that long overdue and awaited win. Yeah. And Toronto needs to win this game because if they lose this game and then they go back to Hamilton, they're not winning back in Hamilton the following week. This is a must-win game for them, in my opinion. I agree. And it, and it is, too, because, well, actually, maybe with that much time, it doesn't make a difference, but... Toronto doesn't have a home game until thanks Canadian Thanksgiving weekend, yeah, yeah. October eighth, and that's and, BC. You know, so you want to leave the fans with a win going yep. into that extended period. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's get to some fantasy. It was our tightest week going head to head this oh, past yes. week. We didn't light it up, but we did okay. I'll start off. So I ended up with seventy-seven point two points. And I think our teams are pretty different. Uh, you'll remember last week I said I was going to go with the high, the high rolling Nathan Rourke and Dominique Grimes and trying to cheap out on the rest of the roster. I think it was a relative success with Rourke coming out with 25.3 and in a partial game and 18.7 from Dominic Grimes. I had AJ Olette, who, as you mentioned, had a great game. Um, almost all of his yards were receiving yards. Now they were very short receptions with lots of yards after catch. But that's interesting with his rushing totals, I think were just six for 18, but he had 92 yards on seven receptions. So really love the way that they are are using AJ Led, and he is showing what a skilled receiver he is out of the backfield. You know, he's both receiving and running, um, you know, like a running back, a, a up the gut running back when he receives that ball. So anyway, love that. I had Devontae Williams, uh, took a chance on him with Ottawa, just had 7.5 points. Took another chance on Dylan Mitchell in Edmonton, who just had return yards, finished with 1.8. And I got a goose egg, a big zero from the Montreal Alouettes defense. So (laughs) thank you, Nathan Rourke and Dominic Grimes. And you beat me by half a point. How was your team? Half a point. My team team wasn't the greatest. I took 
a chance this week by taking three high-priced receivers and not going with a second running back, and I was debating between that or a defense. I picked the Montreal Elowitz defense that gave me a zero, so that's how that worked out. But I had me some lucky Whitehead, 28.6, Kenny Lawler, 19.1, and Jalen Acklin, Acklin uh, a little disappointing, 10 points. And then my running back was A.J. Ouellette. 18 points, had those seven receptions for 92 yards. And then my biggest bust of the week, which I should have seen coming, and you let me know, you, you let me know in our little chat, you sent me a message about Bo Levi Mitchell and fantasy, two points. He will never be used by me in fantasy ever again, which he might not start ever again. So, so yeah, I ended up with, what was it, 77.7 points. And if I would have picked who I was thinking about at quarterback, I would have done pretty good. But I did not. Did I'm going to keep I'm gonna keep building you up because it puts lots of pressure on you. <laughs> but, man, Bill, you know, we've founded this show with you being the, the less experienced and knowledgeable fan. And in just over a year, you have dove into this league uh, with great, knowledge and study and man i really commend you you're you're really good at this stuff well thanks i don't know how good i am but uh lucky has something to do with it so i haven't i haven't settled on my team yet so so why don't you tell me what who have you got okay this week it was a tough decision because quarterback to me there's not anybody that i'm like yeah they're gonna be a stud this week that i wanted to pay for so i went with taylor cornelius Edmonton's at home against Ottawa. They're per, they're feeling pretty good. Cornelius, the last couple of weeks, he uh, the week before, he had a couple touchdowns on the ground. This week, he had a couple touchdowns through the air. Not a bad, bad price. I believe it was 8000 but there were some cheaper options, but not by much. So I went with him. I decided to go cheaper on the running backs this week. I went with A.J. Ouellette thinking they're going to get a lot of checkdowns again to let. I went with Devontae Williams. I don't know what we're going to see. We didn't see much out of him last week. And then with my three receivers, I went with Kenny Lawler, who's been solid. My old go-to this year, rookie of the year candidate, Dalton Schoen in Winnipeg. I have a good feeling about him. And then my third in the flex is Sean Bain my pick of the week last week? And he's still under $4,000, had to pick him. And I went with the BC Lions defense based on how Fajardo's been playing. No receivers, they're in BC, and I think they're going to rally behind Michael O'Connor. Their defense is going to play well, and hopefully I'll get some points there. So that's my team for the week. Nice, that sounds good. Well, I, I nabbed Sean Bain as well. Uh, pro tip from you, but at 32-27 coming off of that game, that is a steal. So I've got him plugged into one of the receiver spots. Uh, I certainly like your pick for the BC Lions defense. Um, I've gone with Edmonton. You know, again, mm-hmm. you like Cornelius there. They're at home. They need a big win. They're looking yes. better. And and they're playing the worst team in the league. So I'm I'm hoping Chris Jones' defense can come through there. Uh, other receivers, I've got Kenny Lawler again, hoping for a big game in Edmonton. Uh, Stephen Dunbar, I'm not sure about this one. This was my last pick and kind of the remaining mm-hmm. dollars worked out. But, uh, you know, he's definitely been a reliable target. And maybe with a big game to Tim White that they they kind of move up to see that when a guy has such a huge week. And, you know, they're kind of outthinking, the, outthinking each other. Um, anticipating that the other team might maybe double team that guy who's coming off a big week. And then they go back to their previous high, um, highly targeted receivers. So maybe Steven Dunbar can come through the running back positions. I actually have plugged in two Winnipeg blue bombers and you won't believe that one isn't Johnny Augustine. So Greg McRae is the import running back in Winnipeg, but he is lining up in the slot back position starting uh with greg uh or sorry uh yeah with ellingson out this week Mm -hmm. and um so at 2500 i thought that might not be a bad pick we'll see it could be a disaster but and then i've also taken brady Oliveira as well at 67 37 and michael o'connor uh i'm 
definitely taking a chance there. Part part of me wants to see Michael O'Connor have a great game, even against my chosen Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I think it would be an incredible thing to have Nathan Work, the Canadian quarterback, go down and have Michael O'Connor have his first start, I believe, uh, and, and come out and have a great game. So that's my lineup. It's going to be a good battle. I'm doing my best to catch you, but you're sure good, sure good at this build. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You try. You do. So. <laughs> I do. I'm trying. <laughs> well, let's tell our friends how they can join us. Maybe they can catch you. So anyone who's interested, I want to invite you to join our CFL Fantasy League. It's three-minute warning. And search for three minute warning and i'll invite you to also join the cfl fans toronto league so jump on both of those and we can get get in on the chatter on twitter and social media the bragging rights lots of fun there we didn't talk about uh cfl pick em. that's because bill and i are both terrible so if you want to come <laughs> beat us at that all you got to do is pick the winners of the games you'd think it would be easy but goodness it isn't no, uh, it is can, not. You could you could search for for Pickham and play with us both uh, both three minute warning and CFL fans Toronto as well. We want to thank you for listening. We are three minute warning, a Canadian football league podcast. My name is Dallas Bergen at CFL fans Toronto, and I am co hosting with Bill Beer at Pigskin Punk thirteen. Find us both there on Twitter and tell us your thoughts about the show or about anything in the CFL. We love engaging. With other fans, that's what it's all about, building up the CFL fan community and sharing this great league. You can find the 3-Minute Warning Podcast available wherever you find your podcasts. Hope you'll have a listen soon, and we'll see you next week. See you later. See you later.